0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you have a situation going on in your life right now that seems a little dark? Maybe you feel a little helpless, you're worried, you're wondering, is it ever going to work out? You can't even envision a scenario in which it does work out. Maybe there's not a lot of hope. Well, this week, the Catholic Church celebrates a great feast that could really speak to you, could speak to all of us in the midst of the trials we face each day. Uh, It's known as the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, but I don't know if you know this. Originally, it was called Our Lady of Victory, the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, and it's all about an amazing victory, a surprising victory that God brought about in a time of great darkness when there wasn't a lot of hope, and that same God wants to do the miraculous. He wants to intervene in our lives in ordinary ways each day, and that's what I want to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, And as always, I welcome any new listeners joining us for the first time. Thanks for being with us. Hope you enjoy the show. I want to give a shout out to the various groups I've been meeting with over the last week. As you know, I've been doing a lot of these uh, kind of virtual events, meeting with various small groups, men's groups, women's groups, Bible study groups. And I'll give a shout out to Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in Cincinnati, Holy Spirit Parish in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the students at Northern Arizona University at the Newman Center there. We were, we're starting a, a three-part series on Catholic worldview, how to how to talk about morality and think about, is there moral truth in the midst of this relativistic culture? How do we talk about morality and relativistic age? That's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you're interested, I am going to be offering these kind of uh, virtual small groups, visiting various small groups uh, over over online events, in the month of December, through the season of Advent. As you know, Advent's a hard season to like really pay attention spiritually, isn't it? We got so much pressure going on, and this is so busy, so many things happening in the month of December. How can we really stay spiritually focused if you want a little kind of biblical reflection to keep you grounded in Advent? Uh, contact my office at events.edwardsri at gmail.com. You can learn more about these virtual online events I'm doing for various small groups or, or for parishes or um, uh, other apostolic organizations. Again, you can reach out to me at events.edwardsri, that's events.edwardsri at gmail.com, and my office will get back to you. But let's turn to this great feast that we're celebrating this week is called Our Lady of the Rosary. But this isn't just about cultivating a, a deeper devotion to this wonderful prayer. You know, certainly it's about the rosary, but it's really about what happened on October 7th, 1571. That's 451 years ago this week, the famous Battle of Lepanto. Now, if you're wondering, well, what's the Battle of La Panta? What's this all about? I I, want to just tell you, October 7, 1571, this is one of those dates every Catholic should know. Every Catholic should know. So if you don't know this date, you want to pay, pay attention here because I'm going I'm to share with you the, the dramatic story uh, about God's intervention uh, in a powerful way at the Battle of Lepanto, October 7, 1571. In fact, this battle is so important. It really changed the course of history. Uh, we may not be here today in the way we are uh, functioning in, in, in Western Europe and Western civilization if it wasn't for Our Lady's Intervention October 7th, 1571. Here's the context. The Muslim Turks had been expanding their dominance into Asia and Africa, and they were setting their eyes on Europe. They were gaining more and more control over the Mediterranean Sea, and you could tell they were looking toward Greece and eventually Italy, and one of the goals, one of the hopes they had was to put a crescent on St. Peter's Basilica. They wanted to turn it into a mosque like they did the Hagia Sophia uh, uh, many years earlier. Well, the pope at the time was a very saintly pope. And by the way, this is the pope uh, that that Pope... um, our current Holy Father, Pope Francis, went and visited this Pope's tomb, Pius V's tomb, right after Pope Francis was was announced as Pope. The very next day, he went to the tomb in Rome for Pius V. So this Pope is very important for what we're talking about today, but he, it's also very important for our Holy Father. But Pius V, St. Pius V. Organized a Holy League, a coalition of European nations, to to try to defend themselves against the Muslim forces that were approaching. Uh, unfortunately, only a few nations came forward and brought uh, significant support. Spain, and then various uh, other nations around Italy. So you'd have the, the 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 people of Venice and Naples and Genoa. So it was, it was a very small navy. That was, that was put together here. So here's the Pope trying to lead this coalition to defend Europe, to defend uh, against the, the, the Turks that are approaching. And he has a very small army. The Turks had tens of thousands more men and many, many more ships. So what would the Pope do? Does he surrender? Does he fall into despair? Does he give up? Does he just get discouraged? What does the Pope do? He does what every biblical hero and saint has done throughout salvation history. He fell on his knees. He turned to God. And he entrusted his cause to God. He entrusted this impossible task before him to the Lord. He asked all of Europe to pray, to pray before Jesus in the blessed sacrament. He encouraged Eucharistic adoration, to go to Jesus in adoration. He he also encouraged them to pray the rosary, to turn to Mary, to entrust this, this impossible task to Mary in the rosary. You see here the two pillars of his real battle that he's fighting. The real battle isn't going to be fought on ships and on on the sea. It's going to be fought on our knees in prayer. And what are the two weapons we need? Eucharistic adoration and the rosary. It's the same today in whatever battles we may be facing in our lives. But back to Pope St. Pius V. He ordered all Catholic churches up and down Italy to be open, to remain open day and night so people can come in and pray for the ships that were setting off to defend Europe. On the eve of the battle, the soldiers themselves fell to their knees. They prayed the rosary together. They received the Eucharist one last time, and many of them went to confession. And then, the morning of the great day of the battle, October 7, 1571, the Holy League ships set off to meet at the Battle of Lepanto. And there they were in a formation that was like the shape of a Latin cross. And when they saw the Turkish ships, the Turkish ships were in a formation like a crescent. And as the battle began, at first, the Christian ships, the Holy League, were rowing against the wind. And it was a lot harder, but it was believed it was at that moment that Mary intervened. Through her prayers, the Holy Spirit came through, and the wind changed directions, 180 degrees. And, and now they were able to go with full force toward the Turkish ships. And in the end, we know who won. But Pius V, the pope at the time, didn't know. He didn't get any message. They didn't have Twitter back then. He didn't get a text message from Don Juan, who was leading the ships there for him in the, in the Battle of Lepanto. Lepanto. He was in a meeting in Rome, meeting with the Vatican treasurer, and suddenly he stood up and looked out the window, and he said to the treasurer, This is not a moment for business. Make haste and thank God, because our fleet at this moment has won victory over the Turks. It was believed he had a vision right at that moment—a vision of the great victory—and the bells began ringing in Rome. It was kind of like V Day. Think about when World War II ended uh, and the great celebration. Everyone just coming out and hugging each other and celebrating. Well, that's what was happening in Rome and then throughout all of Europe. And to thank Our Lady, Pope Pius V dedicated this new feast day—the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. Eventually, it was changed to Our Lady of the Rosary. But I want you to know this historical background because it tells us something important. It tells us that when we face situations that we think are impossible, we face situations that we're just not sure how it's going to work out. And it could be a health a health battle we're fighting. It could be a, a, a spiritual battle we're fighting in our own souls. It could be something going on in our families, in the office, whatever it is. We should just entrust these things to God and put them in Mary's hands to entrust them in a particular way in the rosary. That's what Don Juan did, who was the, the one leading the, the charge there at the Battle of Lepanto. That's what, uh, that's what Pius V called all of Europe to do, to turn to prayer and especially to the rosary. And so I want to encourage us. I'm going to give some practical tips here on how we can entrust the difficulties in our lives to marry in the rosary and find great encouragement. Well, I want to speak first to those who maybe don't pray the rosary that regularly. Maybe you're familiar with this prayer. You've heard about it. Maybe you've prayed it a couple times, but maybe you haven't prayed in a long time. And certainly you don't pray it on a regular basis. I want to give you a couple practical tips. First, trust the heroes of Lepanto. <laughs> they all fell to their knees in, in the face of, of many more ships and many more soldiers than they had, uh, they fell to their knees and turned to the rosary. And it wasn't just the heroes at Lepanto. It wasn't just Pius, St. Pius V. It's it, saints throughout history have always turned to the rosary. I think of one of my favorite heroes in, in my lifetime has been St. John Paul II. Did you know how important the rosary was to John Paul II? But it wasn't just a, a nice pious devotion. No, no, he he wrote very openly. He came out with a letter, an apostolic letter about the rosary in 2002. And, and in this rosary, it was like a, just a couple years before he died. You got a sense it was like his last kind of words, you know, really wanting to encourage us. He knew he'd be dying soon, and he wanted to really hold up the rosary as something that made such a difference in his life, like it did for the heroes at Lepanto. He, he wrote about how in moments of trial, in moments of difficulty, he always turned to the rosary. And in this prayer, he always found great strength, great guidance, and great help. Now, think about this. When you hear about John Paul II saying that in moments of difficulty and trial, he always turned to the rosary, I mean, this is a man who knew suffering. This isn't just you know the abstract words of a some some philosopher you know or or some faraway pope. No, no. This is a man that knew suffering, and he he's telling us from his own witness that that the rosary made all the difference in his life. I mean, this is a man that lost his mother when he was eight years old. This is a man who lost his father when he was at the age of twenty, and he, he was by his father's bedside weeping for like twelve hours after his father died. He never felt alone. His mother died. His brother had died, and now his last. Cl- Family member, his father, he was so close to, just died. And he's telling us he turned to the rosary in moments of difficulty and in trial, and he found great help. This is a man that went into the underground seminary. This is the man that worked, you know, slave like labor under, under the Nazis in a rock quarry. Uh, this is a man that fought the evils of communism. This is a man from 1978 all the way up to 2005 and his death, had the weight of the world on his shoulders as the Pope. And he is telling us in moments of difficulty, moments of trial, he always turned to the rosary and he found great help there. Believe the saints, trust them. They they know how powerful this prayer is and they turned all of their impossible causes, all their difficulties and entrusted into the hands of Mary who intercedes for us in the beautiful prayer of the rosary. Now, a second point I want to make, though, is I know that this prayer can be a little intimidating. It's a long prayer, isn't it? I mean, it just keeps going on and on. And some of us could feel overwhelmed. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by this prayer. You just think it's just too long or it's just too dry. I just don't get anything out of it. and I don't have enough time. I'm too busy. It's just, it just doesn't fit in my life. I want to encourage you if, if you feel that way. I want to encourage you to start small. You know, even if you just commit to do one or two decades a day, you know, a decade just takes about two and a half minutes. Surely of two and a half minutes that you can give to God and to our lady. You know, just just give at least one decade every day, but be consistent. That's the key thing. Do it every day. Be consistent. No matter what. Make it a commitment. Just tell Jesus, I'm I, i you know, going to trust the heroes from the Battle of Lepanto. I'm going to trust Pius V. I'm going to trust JP 2 I'm going to trust all the great saints, and I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to at least give you, maybe I can't do a whole rosary right now. I'm just getting started, and that's okay. I mean, you're, you're just starting the process here. Make a commitment. Do at least one decade, but do it every day. I don't care if you, you've forgotten. All of a sudden, you're in your bed at midnight, and you suddenly remember, get out of bed. And just pray that one decade. It's just two and a half minutes. Go for a walk. You know, if you remember after work, oh, I didn't get my decade in. Just just go for a little walk. Just two and a half minutes. Just that's like one block. You know, really, it's just one block and back. <laughs> you know, there really isn't that much time. You could you can do this, be faithful. Um, another a third thing I want to encourage you on is maybe again you're trying to fit it in and it's just hard. You know, you don't have to pray the whole rosary at once. You know, as you start growing into this prayer. Uh, you know, feel free to just do maybe one or two decades in the morning, maybe on your way to work. Maybe do one or two decades on your way home from work, do another decade after dinner. You you don't have to pray all five decades at once. It's more beautiful if you can. I I think ultimately it's more fruitful spiritually if you can do it that way. But, you know, again, if you're just getting started, you're, you're just trying to fit in, don't let the perfect be the enemy of something really good in your spiritual life. We can do that often, right? Just think, well, it's not the perfect way to pray the rosary, so I guess I won't pray it at all. No, <laughs> you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of something good in your spiritual life. Don't let it keep you from something good. To just do one decade a day is beautiful. You just do that if that's all you can do. Uh, or break up the rosary, play a couple decades at a time, a couple decades a little later. Again, if, it's, if you can't do it perfectly on your knees and great contemplation before Eucharistic adoration, you know, it's okay. You Work it in somehow, but the most important thing is, I want to say, be consistent. I think Jesus loves it when we make promises and we we keep them and, and we're faithful to them. We're just going to show up. We're going to be faithful every day to something we tell Him we're going to do. Uh, Mary rejoices when she sees our hearts going in that direction, that we want to bring our prayers, these petitions, and entrust Mary all these difficulties. Now let's turn to this this last point. This one's for everybody here, um, whether you're 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 brand new to praying the rosary, or you haven't prayed in a long time, or you are one of those devotees of the rosary. You're just really good at praying it every day. God bless you for that. That's awesome. I want to encourage you. View everyone. View this prayer as like a portable chapel. You know, keep a rosary in your pocket. That's a wonderful thing to do. If you don't do that, just have a rosary put in your pocket. Most, most people carry a cell phone in their pocket. I tell you, a rosary is more valuable than a cell phone. Uh, a cell phone isn't going to help you spiritually. It oftentimes is just going to distract you. <laughs> you know, I, Don't get me wrong. I, I sometimes pray Magnificat off my phone and all that. You can use it for some good. But the rosary is powerful. You want to keep the rosary in your pocket because any time of need, you can pull that prayer out. You're on your way home from work and you just came out of a really rough meeting and you're wondering, oh, I wonder, we've got this big problem at the company. How is this going to work out? What are we going to do? Just Pray a decade. You know. Or you're at work and you hear about you know, your wife calls and says, hey, one of the kids is really sick or we just found out this bad news at school or something's going on, you know? and, and you know, maybe your, your spouse just needs some prayers, and you can write there in the office. You, know? you don't have to run to a chapel. Maybe you don't have a chapel in your office. You probably don't, but you, c- you can pull out the rosary, Right there, just two and a half minutes and pray a decade and entrust the difficult situation to Mary. That's what Pius V did in the Battle of Lepanto. That's what Don Juan and all the men did in the Battle of Lepanto. Turn to this prayer. That's what JP Two did in all moments of difficulty. It's like a spiritual sword that you carry in your pocket, and you can use it anytime. That's one of the great lessons this feast day is about. Yes, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary is all about cultivating a greater devotion to Mary in the rosary. Of course it is that. But with the historical background in Our Lady of Victory, it's really about the great victories God wants to work in our lives. The great victories when you feel like you're just down by four touchdowns and there's only you know 5 minutes left in the game and you're wondering how can we ever pull this off you know and 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 I'm not talking about a real football game I'm just talking about those overwhelming circumstances in life you know that we face all the time do we turn these difficulties to Mary and trust them to her and we may not get a miracle in the way that we think it's going to work out but I I often find in my own life when I and it just pull out a decade you know, or I say a couple Hail Marys, I say a memorari, I turn to Mary and I trust these difficult things to Mary, they do sort themselves out. Again, maybe not the way I planned or the way I hoped, but maybe it, by, by just praying that decade of the rosary right then and there I, and entrust the care to Mary, I find my heart changes a little bit and I feel more resigned. I, I accept that, okay, I'm not going to get what I wanted or it's not going to work out the way I hoped. But I find my heart has greater peace that's really good. That's what that, that's a victory that, that Mary and Jesus can work in my heart. You know, so whatever our cares are, turn them to Mary in the rosary, and she brings them to the one person who makes all the difference, and that's her son, Jesus. That's the message of Our Lady of Victory, the message of Our Lady of the rosary. Thanks so much for listening. And again, uh, you can always reach out to me if you want to learn more about those Advent little mini retreats I'm going to be offering, online little sessions where I can come meet with your group. You can reach me at events.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and God bless.